Um, so this is different. Uh, this is a new thing that, I mean, I it's imagine that any of us have ever faced. Uh, and so we're having to kind of play things by ear, figure things out kind of as we go. So uh, this is our CRC like main teaching gathering this week. We're trying something different from our homes where we're gonna just record um, just a conversation we wanna have that we think is important for the church about, um, about this whole situation that we find ourselves facing in the world right now. And we just think that it's important that you hear from us kind of how we're thinking about things and what we think is important for us as the church to be focusing on. And that's going to kind of be, you know, what we're going to be existing in going forward. So, I mean, this week we're doing this format. It may change week to week. We're going to just continue to kind of see what, you know, our government is recommending and what, what is the most appropriate steps for our church going forward. And uh, we're just going to kind of take this thing week by week and just kind of see, we want to continue to do whatever we can to make sure that we are still shepherding you as the church, but also um, we want to make sure that we're doing what is wise and putting you all and the rest of us and your families and everybody in the best place to be the safest in all of that as we're kind of, like I said, exploring new directions and new things that none of us have ever had to face before. So um, I mean, we're, we're like super thankful that we have the technology to kind of have this conversation that we can kind of record this and post it and we have a realm and we have other means of communication and that sort of thing. So that's great. Um, but uh, that's kind of where we are and that's kind of where we are going forward. So um, Caleb is going to pray for us and then we're going to just kind of talk about this for a little bit. God, just as Tanner just said, thank you for the technology. Thank you that for that gift of grace that, that you allow us to still communicate even in our homes, that, that we can do this live together, that we can listen to it later on a recording. And God, I don't, I don't want to overlook how amazing that is. And that is a gift. Um, God, I pray this be a time of, of building one another up. Let's be a time of encouragement for your church and that just pointing to you as being the God that is in control over it all. Um, God that is good and that you are working all things for your glory, even when we don't understand. Um, so God, I pray that you use this time for your glory, um, that, that it all be pointing towards you um, and that you build up your church through this time, through this conversation, and through this look at your word and um, the ways that you've worked in, in the Bible, because that's the same God, you're the same now as you were then. God, teach us, use us for your good. Use us for our good, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so just to kind of, I guess, kind of give a little background to kind of where we all are in this, because I'm sure everybody's had kind of a unique situation in this. Um, but just so you kind of know what's been going on with each of us. I know for me, I was going to be on vacation this week and I was going to be out Sunday to Sunday. We were all going to go on a trip together and that obviously changed very quickly. Uh, we ended up having to cancel that, move that to later. And then 
Uh, we were going to try it. We were scrambling to try to find some other things to do for spring break. Um, and things just obviously, as things continue to escalate and that sort of thing, uh, it just kind of continues to look more and more like God was saying, no, you're just going to stay home. You're going to have a staycation with your family. So that's kind of been um, our, our week up to this point since, I guess, Sunday, uh, as we've been at the house trying to make the most of, you know, finding ways to have fun from, from, from our house and that sort of thing. And so uh, I know, I don't know what all, I, I don't know everybody's situation, but I'm sure Dad, you guys have had um, some different experiences and stuff as well. I don't know what, who wants yeah, to go. Andy, I uh, had to go to South Florida to pick up Tucker. Tucker school's being canceled. So she flew down there in an airplane full of people and then went to South Florida where Fort Lauderdale where one of the epicenters is for our country. And, and so she picked up Tucker who had been around a lot of people. He's working at a big church down there, going to school at the big church. And so she just told me, you know, you're old. You're in that group that's going to be in trouble if you don't isolate yourself. So they're staying home, Andy and Tucker staying home. Well, Tim's out of school too. So Tim came home. He, he had been in South Georgia, visiting a friend, drove all through Georgia, through Tennessee, got home. So he's self-isolating himself there. So I got kicked out of the house basically. And thank you, Tanner, for letting me come stay with you. And here I am. And so it's kind of messed things up. Even works all messed up right now. Uh, kicked out of my job, have to work from home, which I don't have a home right now. So I'm just out and about uh, doing my job like I'm supposed to and still working, but yet without an office and all that. So Kayla, what about you? I mean, just trying to keep up. It's been a crazy time at work, trying to, just as Dale was saying, move everything remote and have an entire office, be able to provide the same amount of service to students and prospective students at ETSU and doing so not in an office. And so that's been a really heavy lift and it's taken a lot of time and energy. And then trying to, as a family, um, have a spring break anyways, but I think there's a lot of unknowns for the children and knowing they're not going back to school, at least not for a couple of weeks. And so I think there's been a lot of being cooped up in a house and not going to some public places like we would have liked to or so it's been, I know, t challenging for Brenna um, here in the house with the kids all week, but it's been challenging. I think the kids feel it at different levels. Um, they don't understand everything, but I think it has some nerves, um, some anxiousness that I'm sure we all feel to a degree, but um, just been trying to help the kids walk through that as well. It's, it's been challenging. It's a, definitely a uncharted waters we are in. And I think that's why it was so important that this be kind of what we talked about. Um, because, I mean, there's so much mystery in that. Like, like no, none of us, and I don't think many people, if any, that I know have ever experienced anything like this. You know, this is the biggest of this kind of thing that we have faced in all of our lifetimes. So, uh, I mean, and there, and I think, and it kind of hit me yesterday, uh, just how much the not so much the fear of a particular disease or getting sick myself or anything like that, but just this, this kind of 
I guess, the nerves that come with just how unknown everything is right now. Uh, like just not knowing how long is this going to last? What is the new, is this the new normal or, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's why I thought, I think it's so important that we're going to talk through a lot of this tonight, because I think that's the kind of things that we as the church really can speak to is how to react when we don't understand with what's, we don't understand what's going on. I think we have a great answer to give um, when we're facing a whole lot of unknown and mystery and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's kind of the first thing we wanted to talk about was just kind of that we serve a God who is working for his glory behind the scenes, even if we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I know that there, there are lots of reasons that, that God does the things he's done. Like, I mean, we, we've, we've at this point read, you know, 90% of the Bible out loud together on Sunday nights. And, and in doing that, you know, um, we've seen a lot of things that as God was working, the people that he was working through or working with had no clue as to why he was doing the things he was doing. They would cry, God, what are you doing right now? And I know that there are a lot of people in our country and in the world right now that are kind of crying out in that same way, God, what is going on? If, you know, why are you working the way that you are in such a way that's, it's confusing. And um, I mean, just, just as an example, I know we've been reading Isaiah a lot lately. It seems like all of Isaiah has uh, been a lot of God saying, hey, I'm the one working behind the scenes doing all this. This is me. I am at work in this. There is a plan. There is something that I'm trying to accomplish. And and that's not the only place that God has said. I know, Caleb, you had mentioned um, you were reading in John, right? Right, yeah. I, I keep coming back to John chapter 9, and it's not talking about um, a widespread disease or anything, but I'm just going to read this real quick because I think it'll be helpful. Um, it's John chapter 9, starting in verse 1 and it's of Jesus. It says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the, that the works of God might be displayed in him. I, I, I just keep coming back to that and, and thinking through it in, in a way of, as the elders of the church, as a pastor, I would love to be able to say to our church and to the world, look what God is doing. This is what he's doing through this. Look, all the answers are here. But that I, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. Um, there's so much unknown. And so I, what I have to go back to is thinking of this man who, yeah, we see as Jesus will heal him. We see that throughout this chapter. But I'm thinking the rest of his life, however many years he had been alive. I think it says he wasn't even 30 years old. But he had lived years, decades, not knowing this unknown that Jesus would heal him and say, he was blind so that I might display my glory so that God's glory might be seen. But that was after years and years and years of unknown. Why am I blind? Like he didn't have all those answers. And so in this time of us not knowing, but just being reminded that God is working things for his glory. Like we may not see that answer today. We may not see it tomorrow. We may not see it for a decade or more. We may never see it, but it's just coming back to scripture and knowing, okay, this is the God that we serve. This, that, that, he, that he is working this for his glory. 
and just being able to trust in that, even though we don't have the answers. And, and that's something I keep thinking through the different examples in scripture of, we see it in a snapshot. We might read it in one chapter in scripture that might take us just a couple minutes to read. But for some people, this was years. This was most of their life that they were searching for answers before they were, they were healed or before um, they, they, they saw why God was doing something. It's like with Noah. Noah worked for years. He was told things are bad going to happen. Things are bad going to happen. And the flood did finally come. You know, and then afterwards, God took, showed his glory through all that. You know, just uh, how the earth was renewed and clean and started over fresh and new. And, um, you know, it, it was just uh, one of those times where God just did miracles through the bad part. He made good come out of it in the end, which is just, you know, beautiful. You know, we got, there's other people in the Bible. I mean, Job, Job was one of those people. He had all these things happen to him all the time. Lost his family, lost his income, lost his house, lost his body. His body was being eaten up, but yet he still worshiped God. And in the end, it's all restored to him many times over. He had a better life afterwards. God was just faithful to him. I just thought that was great um, how that happened to him, going through bad times, had things go on with both of them, and yet God's glory was shown at the end. We, they didn't know why, but in the end, his glory was shown. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, all those examples. Like, and I mean, you can even throw in like the plagues uh, in Egypt. Like, and then some of those, God really was using some sort of major calamity as a punishment for sin. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I'm sure some will claim, hey, all this is happening because we're a wicked people. And yeah, we're a wicked people. And so it wouldn't surprise me if God's trying to do that. But at the same time, sometimes God's just doing this just to show his control. I mean, I think he kind of just says that, like I said, in Isaiah, you know, just a lot of, I did this just so you could see that I'm in charge. And sometimes I, I think, especially when it seems like we're having to back off from all the things that we think we have control over. I get to pick when and where I go places, or I get to pick where I'm going to go eat and all this. And all that slowly starts kind of, getting taken away in this you're kind of reminded just how little power we have ultimately and it's just this i think kind of beautiful reminder or it'd be cool if we as the church had this kind of beautiful reminder saw it as this is god demonstrating you know he's still in control and we should rely on him and we should see his hand at work i guess even throughout all of this which is sometimes hard to see so uh, I guess like the first big idea we wanted to make sure we communicated was that, yeah, God is, is working. And I think the, if you've watched any of the press conferences from any of the places, there's a whole lot of, we know a little bit, but there's a whole lot more that we don't know. And I think it's good for us as the church to be able to not hear that and become fearful, but instead hear that and be at peace because we know that, God is in control, even if we don't know what's going on. Um, not to worry when we don't have all the answers. I don't know if you, if you guys have anything else to say to that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really it, is just being, you know, like, we don't have all the answers, and you hear it said all the time on the news and conversations, and people, like, there was such uncertain times, and I wish I, as I said, I could stand, sit here, I guess, and say, we have all the answers, but we serve a God who does, and we see like 
in this time of uncertain certainty, like we can go to the word and, ha and, ha and believe it and see like all through scripture of God doing this for his glory, God doing this and him giving all these examples of that, that we've talked some about and relying on that, relying on that in this time of uncertainty and not having all the right answers. Um, but it, but it also doesn't have to stop us from being the church. It doesn't have to stop us from loving one another. It doesn't have to stop us from still caring for one another and caring for those around us. And so, I mean, that's kind of what we want to talk about as well is just how do we love one another well in this uncertainty? How do we love one another well when our community may look different and, and just what that is going to look like for the next little while for the uncertain amount of time? Yeah. And oh. I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, we just need to check in on each other. Um, we as a believers, we can call each other on the phone. We can get on Facebook. We can get all these places and, and talk to people at the realm. Um, Brenna did something for Andy. I told you Andy is isolated at the house. Brenna came by the other day and borrowed some cookies and stood at the door. She was outside. Andy was inside through the glass door, and they had a conversation. And Brenda just came and checked on them. And I just thought that was a wonderful thing that they could do and checking in on people. Um, you know, call somebody, talk to them, uh, see what's going on with people. Um, we don't have to be touching somebody to check in on them. I guess is one thing I was, I was thinking about. Yeah. I was on a, I was on a like conference call earlier today for faith leaders that was being hosted by, I think it was uh, health and human services or something like that. And one of the things that they said is uh, social distancing doesn't have to mean social isolation. So just because you are being, it's being recommended that you not be gathering together in large groups or physically being together, that doesn't mean that you just ignore the needs of each other or you don't find ways to reach out and care for one another. Um, I mean, they did emphasize, you know, caring for each other is making sure that you don't get each other sick. If somebody that you know is, you know, high risk or something like that, like that is a means of caring for people by helping keep them well. Uh, but at the same time, it also doesn't mean, you know, just because you can't gather together, doesn't mean you shouldn't be reaching out to and, you know, and I think it's just any way you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, as we kind of started, like knowing that it, even amongst the three of us, it's affected us very differently and that that's going to be true for all of our church like that's going to be the case and some people might may be struggling different ways more than others because of these, these situations so just looking for opportunities to reach out and to care and to, to drop off cookies or to just make a phone call and check in i think there's so many ways that because of the wonderful technology that god has given us that we can continue to love one another as the church yeah. And pray for each other. What was that? I was just saying, and pray for each other. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, and like I was saying about, you know, caring for people is maintaining, you know, social distancing. That's the, 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 the term right now. I mean, I think it's, it's worth saying, like, we don't like the idea of not meeting together. We don't, I mean, I'm thankful that we have this technology that we can use, but I mean, this is still not preferred. I mean, I just got done teaching four weeks on how we should wrap around each other. Wrap around sounds like the exact opposite of social distancing. And so we have to be creative and we have to be thoughtful, but I think we also have to be respectful 
where our government that God has placed over us is saying, these are the things that we recommend. And we were talking about it on Sunday and it was one of those being good citizens. We're going to be as obedient to what the government is calling us to do as we can. And I think that that's worth mentioning. I mean, I've got 13, uh, two, one and two here, uh, just, just so you kind of know where our mindset is in, in why we're not gathering and stuff like that. Why we're not just saying, Hey, we're the church. We're going to meet no matter what, but uh, Romans 13 uh, verse one and two say, uh, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. And, you know, just as I read that, it's like to go adamantly against what is being recommended, I think would be disrespectful to the government. I think send the wrong sign for what the church ought to be representing in our culture. I think any way that we can be good citizens and represent Jesus well, while making sure that we're maintaining the essence of being the church um, in whatever ways we can, I think is is really key. Like I just, I, I, I'm sure anybody who's on social media has seen kind of this visceral reaction that our society has had to all of the college students who said, I don't care. I'm still going to enjoy my spring break. I'm going to go gather. If I get the, if I get the virus, I get the virus. And our society said, I am so angry at their rejection of, you know, the good of their community for the sake of their own, you know, personal interest and I don't want that to be the reputation that the church has and so I think it's good that our church and so many others most other churches are taking steps to do whatever they can to still meet to still be the church in whatever way but at the same time being super respectful to the authority that God's placed over us and I I don't know if you guys would want to add anything to that but I just think that's so you know it's hard because I would much rather us all be together and a lot of it's difficult, a lot of it's going to be hard to think about, well, now we're going to be homeschooling for two weeks or whatever, you know, whatever that looks like. But it's, it's a cool that we as the church can have this testimony. We want to do whatever we can to respect those that God's put over us. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I mean, the Bible, as much as I wish it gave an exact script of what to do when this all happens, I think that we've, are really trying to seek the wisdom of God and hope that we as the church can pray for that. And I think Tanner, as he first opened this, was talked about, it's going to be kind of a week by week. I mean, we're really trying to figure this out as we go and seek God's wisdom and, and what he would have us as global church, but also us as CRC, as Christ Reconciled Church. What are our steps? How can we be the church in this time? And yeah, we, we believe that it's submitting to the authorities. I believe it's taking these recommendations right now, but also seeking the wisdom of God on a day-by-day basis and trying to move forward as God would have us. And I mean, on that note, I think that we've talked about, like, as a church, we can still, as we do this, as we submit to the government, as we seek to be good citizens. Like we can still check on people. We can still love people. And I think we can still represent Jesus well in the ways that we love, not just the church, but the ways that we also show compassion and love towards those who may not know Christ, who may, who may be living in, in a lot of fear right now. And I think that's really important for the church right now 
is to really be displaying compassion as Jesus did and has and does. Um, I just think of different situations where, I, I mean, I, I've absolutely fallen into this where it's easy to say, well, God's, God's got this under control, social distancing. He's, he's in control of that too. I'm going to not worry about that and get all close to people. And it's, I think arrogance. I mean, I've, I've, I caught myself in this of people are scared. And, and I, I think understanding that and, being sympathetic and empathetic and showing compassion and keeping our distance from people um, to be good citizens, but also knowing that people are scared and we want to have compassion. And I think that looks differently in every situation, but I think this is an opportunity to, yes, share the hope that we, that we have, like the hope that is within us because of Christ and hope that God is in control. He's working for his glory. Even we don't have the answers but also looking for opportunities to just be compassionate and, and be patient with people who are fearful and, and not overstepping in, a, in, in our confidence or not um, flaunting that in a way that is not Christ-like. And I think that is different at work situations, wherever employment might be, in public situations and in restaurants and, or what, what, wherever you may be, that's going to look different. Um, but I think this is a great opportunity to really show Christ-like compassion to those around us. And the, uh, we've been reading Radical. Some of us reading Radical together. This week's chapter was just so on topic for this week, um, for what's going on right now. It was talking, and the book is talking about going to the places where death could be a possibility, you know, being... Uh, being God's word out there, being sharing the gospel with people who are fearful and being in a, a scared, scared situation. And that's just what we we're in right now as believers. You know, we can just share Jesus through all this time and give him the, show them the compassion that he has for them, the love that he has for them, the love that we have for each other. Let them be a part of that love. Uh, people are scared. People are just scared right now. And now's that easy time to share Jesus with them. Well, and I mean, I think this verse probably came up in the last couple of weeks when we were talking about, um, you know, wraparound care and that sort of thing. But uh, Romans twelve fifteen, uh, let me pull it up here, says, rejoice with those who rejoice. That seems easy. But weep with those who weep. And I think, you know, where there, like we were saying, where there is so much fear right now. And I mean, I'm sure we have all been guilty <laughs> of falling into fear and desperation, different points. Maybe even right now, some of you are feeling fearful and I don't want to make it sound like you're bad just because you're afraid. I will hope by the end of this that we can kind of redirect a little of that fear. Um, but at the same time, like if you are feeling that way, you know, cry out to God and call on the church and let us, you know, be there for you to be with you while you're feeling the things that you feel. And basically just being in it with you as best we can. I think that's one of the things that the church really does have to offer to a world that really is so afraid right now. And I think that that's the biggest advantage that we as the church have. And that's kind of like the last, the third thing we wanted to talk about was just this, how we as the church can live with uncertainty without fear, uh, but instead with confidence because our God is like we said, 
because if we do believe that God is the God who's behind all of this and he's working everything out and he's in control and he has a plan, even if we don't know the answers, even when we're, things are uncertain, we can still have confidence, uh, even when things are tough and confusing and mysterious, we can still have a great deal of confidence in him and we have hope. And that's the greatest answer um, to all of this is that we actually have an ultimate hope that's, that's driving us forward, that's pushing us forward. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys want to jump in on any of that. I was thinking about David and how Saul was going after his life all the time. And he was living in caves and hiding out and just living in almost fear all the time. But uh, we've all probably read Psalm 23, but a part of it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, it's just, man, that was being hunted you know, to be killed, uh, had faith in his God, the same God that we have. I just think that's great. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you put that in combination with, I mean, living, knowing who's in control in that moment, who was really calming his soul and all of that, but also he was being wise in his decisions. And he he was, like, going from place to place. He was seeking the wisdom of God in being wise with his life. Um, and I think just that combination of li living without fear, like with when in a very fearful situation, but seeking to make wise decisions. I think that's uh, we're in this such a hard spot right now um, because like we live in this such uncertainty, like wanting to live without fear, but like with confidence that God is in control, but also wanting to make, like God gave us wisdom to be able to, to be good citizens and be able to do these different things and, and make good decisions. And I think that's kind of like where we're at of, of just wanting to live without fear, um, but live following his wisdom that, that he's going to have to give us. And when we look to James, and if he lacks wisdom, let him ask and it will be given. And um that's really where we find ourselves just desperate for, for God to give us wisdom and how to proceed as individuals, as families, as the church, local church, global church. Um, but ultimately it's also with hope. You talked about the church there. I just want to say one quickie that, uh, you know, the church is not Sunday morning at the building. I just want to remind us that the church is wherever we are, you know, we can pray, we can talk, we can worship, we can do all that things. We don't have to be inside that building. I just, that thought yeah, just came to my head. I just want to point I that mean, out. This exact format is not too different from some of, some, many of our elder meetings in the past. Uh, we've been on a rotation. We've been kind of getting together physically for a while, but like a lot of things have been hashed out through online chat, stuff like this for a long time. Uh, at CRC. Uh, and I think that it's kind of been a testimony to the fact that, yeah, we really can kind of be wherever. We can be in these places so that if one of our kids freaks out and we have to go help them, we can do that. And the work of the church can keep going on, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, going back to, but kind of, I just want to reinforce 
this idea, this, this living with uncertainty and not being afraid, because I think if we as the church can really demonstrate the power of this hope that we have in Christ, and, and we've got a couple of different passages that I think are worth reading. Um, the first one is 2 Timothy 1, and I'm going to read 6 and 7. Uh, he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I think the thing that, that stands out to me most in there is that God is the one who gave us that power, right? It wasn't some sort of, I'm going to just toughen myself and manufacture this inability to be afraid, you know, and I'm just going to fill myself with hope. Like all of that is unnatural. Like the, re the natural reaction that we ought to be having is, we ought to be running around terrified, afraid that the sky is falling. Like that's who we are in sin apart from Christ. But, but what does he say? Fan the flame of the gift of God, this thing that he has given us for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I think that's so powerful that, that to know that he is the one who's giving us that hope. He is the one who's filling us that way. And I just think that it really speaks to a who God is and maybe a little, again, a reminder of why he does these kinds of things, because it reminds us that he's the one who fills us with hope. And our hope isn't in the stability of the life that we've been living within the society that we exist in at this point in history, you know, like that's not our hope. Our hope is what Christ has put in us. Um, and sometimes he might shake some of the foundations of what we have come to expect as normal so that we could be reminded of his power and his grace that he's given to us up to this point. And then the other one, I don't it looked like you were flipping over there, Caleb. Did you want to read it? Well, I'll read that. So um, also Matthew 10, I'm going to read verses 26 through 33. Says, so have no fear of them. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm still reading that again. It's just like, I think so much of that speaks to everything that we're facing right now. Like this fear that I'm going to get forgotten and lost and nobody's going to care that I died. That fear is definitely out there. And he's remind, you know, God even sees the sparrows and he's, so of course he sees you. Um, but just that we don't need to be afraid because the things that we're afraid of, like a virus or walking outside and getting struck by lightning or, you know, the great many things that we're afraid of, um, having to speak in front of people or try a different format for a sermon delivery than we've had to do, you know, like all of these things are 
potential areas where we can be afraid, but God's saying, don't worry about those things. If you're going to fear anything, you should have a healthy fear of who I am. And I think that's, that kind of, again, for me, it just kind of puts it into perspective on, you know, God kind of reshaping our focus. And I think this goes, I mean, dad, you mentioned the chapter in radicalism. I mean, this, this idea right here was exactly what that whole chapter was centered around. What are you afraid of? Why not just go wherever you have to go and proclaim the gospel, wherever you can proclaim it. What do you have to fear? What's the worst that could happen? They kill you because that's not the worst thing. You know, then you get to be with Jesus. Um, did you guys have any other thoughts on any of those verses there in particular? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, man, it's just t- talking about the people. Like, it's so easy to, it's the, the fear that people have. I mean, you, the news, the social media, all the different outlets, there's just so much fear. And as I, as I read this, it's, man, like, what do we have to fear? I mean, it's, it's what you guys just said, but I just reading this over and over, like, no, think of the sparrows not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father um but you are more valued than sparrows and like why can we how can we have confidence right now how can we live without fear it's because like he's the one in control like he we are more valuable than sparrows and he knows us and he i don't know it's as you look at the fear of the world like how can we live without fear i mean it's here it's the hope that we have because of jesus I will say that we can be fearful. I mean, we might not should, but we can be. We do get scared about things and worry about this and that. And if I know any of us elders would love to talk to you about it. If if you have that fear, just contact us. You know, contact one of us. We'll be glad to talk to you about it. Try to help you through any fears you may have. And at the same time, all of these these promises of hope and these great comments that we're reading are messages that that are speaking to you know the church like these are things where god is saying i've given you my holy spirit so that you don't need to be afraid of the things of the world anymore and not everybody that is necessarily hearing this is going to be a part of the church is going to be saved and if that's you like we want you to be saved so that you can know this same hope and this is another one of those like great benefits of knowing and loving and following jesus and I know it's, I don't want to make it sound like a sales pitch because it's not, but it, re- it really is just something that, that is true, that he is so much more satisfying than holding on to the fears and the you know, desperation of everything else that we have going on in the world around us right now. So guys, this is a weird format. This is different. Any, any last thoughts that you guys have to add? Should we sing happy birthday to anybody? <laughs> we could sing happy birthday to somebody. Is it anybody's birthday? No. We'll, we'll I think I just that. heard Ellie say something. In, uh, in, in Nick's compendium video that he'll add later, he'll sing happy birthday to somebody, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, okay, well then, I'm going to pray for us. Sound good? Yeah. Let's pray. God, um, just thank you for the hope that we have in you. And I pray for those who are watching this that maybe are not a part of your family that have not been saved and they're hearing this and they're like, I don't have hope and I do have a lot of fear. And I pray that you would use the truth of your word and the power of your spirit to penetrate their heart and help them to desire you and um, that you would save them and add them to your family. And God, I just pray that we as the church would 
represent well um, represent well this idea that we don't have to be afraid, that we can have hope, and that we can balance being good citizens while also being present and involved in each other's lives in some sort of way. And so, God, I just pray that you would continue to use CRC specifically, but your church in general during this time where people are so looking for something to cling to that gives them a sense of security. And God, we have the perfect answer. And I pray that you would give us as your church the opportunities to use this message of hope that we have to really send your message, your gospel, your truth into a world that so desperately needs to hear it. God, I pray that you would fill us with strength and hope and, and, and take away this sense of fear because that's not the spirit that you've given us, but give us confidence in who you are and what you're doing, even if we don't have all the answers, even if we don't know what's going on. But God, I just pray that we would know that you are at work and that we can trust you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.